Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Amid tensions over possible military action in Ukraine, President Biden will meet on a video call tomorrow with Russian President Vladimir Putin because there's no better deterrent than a long video call with a 79-year-old man. <laughs> you know what? This is not worth it. Um, Putin and Biden speaking as we speak, I believe. And I suppose at some point we'll get some of the details that will come out of there. We'll, we'll never know for certain what exact words were said or what the tone was of President Biden as he was taking on Putin, who has about 100,000 troops and all the machinery that goes with it lined up on the border between Ukraine and Russia. Come on, Joe. Hit him with bad hat of kef care. He won't know what to say or do. Exactly. You know, if he just out of nowhere, if he, right. he just points at the camera because they're doing it like through Zoom or something, if he just points at Putin and says, bad at care. Bad at care. Yeah. Putin would be, he wouldn't know what to do. What was that word he used the other day that we were trying to figure out? It might have been one word, might have been many. <laughs> right, we couldn't. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Wall Street Journal editorial board says rogues are on the march around the world, Iran and Russia giving every sign that they don't take President Biden seriously. Well, we'll see if Putin takes him seriously today. An anonymous senior Biden administrator told the dispatch that President Biden is expected to warn Russian President Vladimir Putin in a video call that's going on right now that there will be, quote, very real costs, including sanctions and an increase in U.S. troops presence uh, along NATO's eastern flank if Russia attempts to invade uh, Ukraine. What Putin, interesting they named uh, Russia and Iran, but not China and not North Korea, which is also making noise lately. But yeah. back to you. Uh, Putin sees NATO expansion. So that's a group we're a member of that is supposed to uh, help defend against evildoers. Um, Ukraine wants to be a member of NATO. Putin's worried that Ukraine will become a member of NATO. And then he would have NATO troops right on his border. So that seems to be the sticking point with Putin. Uh, do we allow, or do we do we allow Putin to dictate who gets to be in NATO or not? Well, here's a quote from the White House yesterday: "The United States has consistently expressed support for the principle that every country has the sovereign right to make its own decisions with respect to its security. That is written into the founding documents of the NATO alliance, and that remains U.S. policy today, and will remain U.S. policy in the future." So we basically said yesterday, you don't get to tell the world who gets to be in NATO or not. Hmm. So that seems like a bit of a sticking point. They're at loggerheads, no doubt. I don't know how this gets solved. I'm trying to think how we might unknot this. Not that I'm involved with the call, but I mean, that sounds like just specifically saying we're not going to give you a 10-year assurance that Ukraine won't join NATO. Would these sanctions matter? Are they enough to scare Putin off? Yeah, yeah. From what I understand, yeah, they deny the Russians access to the international banking exchange systems, which the last time around, was it the Crimea situation? Uh, The threat was, we'll do this, and Putin said we would take that as an act of war. Of course, he just invaded a country, which is, you know, according to some, an act of war. So I don't know. Does anybody have the cojones or feel it's in their national interest enough to actually confront Putin. Because he has wisely, not that I admire the guy, well, I, I recognize his skill. Um, 
he understands where his natural and national interest is enormous, and those who would oppose him have a fairly minor national interest. And so he understands the mathematics that, uh, you know, a, a country will abide by a treaty. It will follow, quote unquote, international law until the moment it has both the will and the strength to defy that international law. And so he, he understands that we really, really don't want him to invade Ukraine, take another third of it or whatever. But do we want to enough to fight him or, or, or really arm the Ukrainians? Do we? He's calculating. I'm guessing no. On the other hand, the pooter, he's clever. He's a clever devil. There may be something else he wants, like that assurance about Ukraine and NATO, or I don't know what else. And he's just going to make absolute, make it absolutely look like he's ready to jump ugly. And then he'll make the big ask. What that is, I don't know. Or he might just want a third of Ukraine, period. Mm-hmm. Or a half, or whatever. Well, i got to believe he's got people that are watching our news over here, and in the last week or so, I haven't seen a single commentator that you know is uh, knowledgeable on this topic who hasn't said, "Well, the United States is not going to go to war over Ukraine." Mm. Well, if yeah. everybody's saying that, he knows that's off the table. Well, if you'd snatched up Crimea and things went the way they did, and you wanted another chunk of Ukraine, what would you do? Somebody claimed that uh, Pooter, uh, he invaded, let's see, that, 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 uh, Justin writes, uh, How have I not heard anyone talking about the comparisons to 2008? You know, when Russia invaded Georgia six hours before the 2008 Beijing Olympics opening ceremony was to start. Mm-hmm. Seems like history is about to repeat itself. It was that close I hadn't remembered that. Don't know. You could be right, Justin. So uh, we ought to take a break so we can give full time to that uh, email we got from a former homeless person that Joe read. If you haven't heard this, it's really good. It is. It's outstanding. Yeah. There's a guy I talked to a couple of weeks ago, and I gave you some of the highlights, but he fills in some more details. We now know, uh, those who are paying attention, we now know what the homeless problem is, right? Oh, yeah. I think anybody seriously paying attention uh, understands it. Yeah. And it's not the rent is too high. Even though billions of dollars are committed to dealing with the housing end of it. Right. Not the meth end of it. Right. Fantastic. That's just fantastic. Uh, It's really good stuff. You're going to want to stay here for that. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The P2P method produces meth that is very strong. So strong, it makes the user paranoid, sometimes even violent, something Eddie Breedwell has experienced for himself. It had me hearing people talking that was, wasn't even talking, but I could hear them in my head, and they were all cops. I sat in the park for three hours, afraid to move off a park bench, because I thought as soon as I got up and started walking, that they were going to get me. What would have happened if someone had approached you at that moment? I would have probably freaked out and probably got violent. That's Ashley Hoke of KGW-TV in Portland. They actually did, hallelujah, a report on the so-called new meth that's making people insane. Auditory hallucinations, you think they're cops. Yeah, that's not safe for anybody. 
sat there for three hours, freaked out in the park. Um, the new meth, which is actually old meth, back again, but much, much more pure and much cheaper. And so people are taking more and more of it, and it's everywhere because we've decriminalized drugs in most of the West Coast. And so people are just are gobbling, smoking, shooting the meth and, and giving themselves serious mental illness problems. Uh, but to the oft-stated A&G point of how much of the so-called homeless problem is actually a junkie problem, how many of the so-called homeless camps are actually junkie camps well kgw talked to three guys who were meth users who have cleaned up they now have city uh, jobs working cleaning up the city but uh, they were candid about what they've seen and experienced 75 michael based on their observations they estimate the majority of people on portland streets are indeed using meth if i were to guess i'd probably say almost everybody And, and it's really sad to say that but it's true this cold you, you know, you don't know where your next dollar's coming from. And, you know, the drug world's big. It's easy to get high. Then go ahead and finish up 76, Michael, and we'll move on. Kenneth, a gun violence survivor, believes meth is also playing a big part in the violence in Portland. Gunshots are going off down here left and right. You know, there's areas that we don't even go to because it's too dangerous. And then one final thought. This is Rob Bovet, who was the uh, former Lincoln County DA. Lincoln County is on the coast of Oregon. Uh, it's it's beautiful. It's one of those rural counties where there's a lot of meth use. Uh, in addition, all the cities. Uh, Seventy eight, Michael. We're seeing spikes in the state hospital. We're seeing all of these side effects play out on the street and in our systems as a result of. Um, really super potent, super pure meth everywhere. In the bigger picture for the meth problem. My real concerns are that this is probably going to get worse before it gets better. Wow. Worse than it is now? It's hard to picture. Yeah, yeah, craziness. So uh, we we read uh, chunks of this email earlier, but it's just so good and so important. We thought it was worth uh, redoing. It's from Al Anonymous. He doesn't ask for anonymity, but... um, but, you know, just in case. Uh, guys, hearing Jack mention how he'd met me a couple of weeks ago made my day. I remember that. When I was arrested and booked in jail at the time, I was a bum. Uh, I'm sorry. When I was arrested and booked in jail all the time, I was a bum and a tweaker, a junkie and an IV meth addict. Experiencing homelessness? Well, being an undisciplined alcoholic and addict, I seldom showed up for my court dates and frequently picked up new charges on top of old warrants. Mostly petty crimes, citations and infractions, no bike lights, camping, trespassing, passing, drunken public, petty theft, burglary, possession of stolen property, possession of drug paraphernalia, assault, etc. Policies like AB 109, ooh, and Props 47 and 57, that's all the stuff that decriminalized crime in Cal Unicornia, were bragged about in jail and criminal circles. Inmates educated each other on how to take advantage of these laws and the new policies like no bail. Meth became a misdemeanor right after I got clean and sober. I barely dodged that bullet. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Making meth just a misdemeanor was a bullet he dodged. Not a way to help people out. Yeah, he gets more specific about that in a moment. I was last arrested April 11th, 2014. I'd only been out of Yolo County Jail two weeks. I'd already missed a court date. Loss prevention at Save Mart stopped me from stealing beer on a Friday afternoon. Didn't have an ID, so the Davis police came to identify me and arrested me on a failure to appear warrant. I pleaded with my conflict attorney in the courts to hold me. 
He asked them to hold him to end the vicious cycle. My crimes were not serious enough for long-term incarceration, so I was placed in Yolo County Mental Health Court, which was the newest diversion court at the time. Uh, YCMHC funded my 90-day stay at Walter's House. Walter's House funneled me into a 12-step program. AA, getting a sponsor and working the steps, was part of the curriculum requirement back then. Now, here's his main point in two, in, in all caps. At least two crucial steps in my recovery experience have since been removed. One, getting arrested and going to jail. In other words, consequences for what I had done. The consequences have been removed. God, I wish everybody could hear this. Wish city councils could hear it. Wish state government could hear it. Two, going to AA. Walter's House and other state-funded rehabs like this can no longer require as part of their curriculum that clients attend AA or Narcotics Anonymous. Because of the God part in the 12 steps, separation in church and state, you know, of church and state. Well, that's a lack of understanding of the way the 12-step programs work because it's not a specific God of any kind. So you can't in any way claim it's a religion. No, but the atheist activists in, in government. So now you've removed the consequences of the lifestyle Al's talking about, and you've removed one of the major things that helps people. Out of progressive policies or priorities. Something. When I was shoplifting, I often walked in on the business like I own the place. Even had even on occasion asked the hardware store employee to open the case for the bolt cutters for me, only to bypass the whole paying at the counterpart. Bikes. Oh, he talks about just some of the things you see in the bum camps now, the junkie camps. Bikes uh, were usually from the college campus, from dorms and other various apartment buildings. Bike trailers, harder to come by, but worth a lot in the bum black market. Tents could be acquired at uh, various addresses, he mentions, college semester, lease turnover. Uh, however, I stole tents from uh, stores like Target, Big Five, thrift stores, etc. I strategically stole beer, liquor, food, dog food, clothes, merchandise by rotating stores so not, not as to blow one spot too many times in a day. I sought camps between jurisdictions. Uh, since April 11, 2014, I've not used drugs or alcohol, and it just so happens that since then I have not experienced homelessness. Nor have I been arrested or been committed to a psychiatric hospital. Funny coincidence, that. Yeah, he's the guy, if you uh, remember, I talked about, uh, I met this guy who used to be homeless, and uh, he said we're right about all this, that they're they're mostly drug addicts out there. And, um, and he should be going to city council meetings and uh, talking to state government and all kinds of different people that, that have such a un- realistic view of what's actually going on right right and it's worth pointing out more than once that there are billions of dollars flowing quote to this problem to solve this problem meaning those billions of dollars are flowing to somebody and those somebody's want the money to keep flowing anyway he gets into the point of uh you know the drug or i'm sorry the the rent is too damn high he said so you see the rent was too damn high the rent is too damn high seeking and maintaining stable housing was not a real high priority on my list in actuality the cost of being a degenerate, degenerate bum and junkie was too damn high mm. as jack mentioned i did not pursue the government handout lifestyle with the homeless ballers who figure out how to exploit the uh disability rules but rather, I found purpose and satisfaction as a, well, he drives a truck, contributing, contributing member of society. 
Uh, he mentions his dad is an addict in San Francisco. I believe he is on disability and living in a city-funded hotel room. The complacent state of mind he is surely experiencing is far from compassionate, meaning the city of San Francisco has made it as easy as possible for him to continue to be a heroin addict. Thank you, A&G Crew, for all you do to keep me sim- simultaneously entertained and informed as I'm trucking the road of happy destiny. Congratulations, my friend. So... All these cities with their billions of dollars, one approaching as it is a housing problem, not a drug problem. People would, would if, they, if they had cheap, if apartments were cheaper, they'd just be in an apartment and have a regular job. That's just, that just seems silly on the face of it. And then with the idea that the, the drug addicts of the world, if, uh, if they're not punished for their behavior, and if you give them some money, then they'll be able to get out of that situation. And it's just, it just, it just doesn't work that way. It doesn't relate to the real world. And again, if you flip the coin a little bit and said you have all these poor people suffering from the disease of drug addiction and conservatives are denying over and over again that they're addicts. They're just saying, no, no, don't help them with their drug addictions. They, they just need an apartment or something like that. You know, liberal America would be going wild, but it's it's the lefty America that's denying we have this enormous drug addiction problem. Why? That's bizarre. Well, it's because that would interrupt the flow of dollars. They don't want to quote unquote blame the victim, whatever that means. And they're just unwilling to deal with reality because they've been sold on this unicornian set of notions by their college professors or the activists. Here's a guy who got off of meth who thinks it would have been awful if they had lowered the penalty for meth. While he was a meth addict. That's amazing. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm going to win this war. Oh, you got to tell, Ray. Back up. You're good. No, I'm going to get him. No, please don't. I'm serious. I'm going to get him. Oh, he stinks so bad. Is he spraying right now? I don't know, but he stinks. Yeah, he's spraying. Uh, uh, <coughs> Come on, dude. Let me just move you. I'm going to give you a new home. <laughs> All right, I can't go no more. <laughs> that has the unmistakable sound of colorful hick theater. What's That's going right. on there? Beloved Armstrong and Getty feature. A gent in Louisiana trying to get a skunk out from under his house with the help of a buddy while his wife looks on shooting video. I wish there was more of that. That's all there is. That's too bad. That's it. Yeah, I know it. You said the video went viral, Michael? Yes. Yes, it is on there. What am I missing by only hearing it and not seeing it? Well, one of the things that's kind of interesting, though, is he's using a uh, sheet to cover his face. But unfortunately, the way oh, he's holding... unfortunate in the South. Go well, on. it is because he looks just like a Klan member because he has it up above his head. Oh, jeez. It just doesn't look good. Come on. Don't need to go there. Well. Trying to protect well, himself from a skull. Hmm. Well, watch the video. I will. Uh, uh, let me hear it again. There are a couple of quotes in there I think we can harvest. I'm going to win this war. Oh, you got to tell, Ray. Back up. You're good. No, I'm going to get him. No, please don't. I'm serious. I'm oh, he stinks so bad. Is he spraying right now? I don't know, but he stinks. Yeah, he's spraying. Uh, uh, <coughs> Come on, dude. Let me just move you. I'm going to give you a new home. <laughs> oh, he's got a tail uh, raised. <laughs> I just wish there was more. <laughs> oh, he's got a tail raised. He's spraying. I'm going to win this war. <laughs> <laughs> Way to tough it out, dude. So uh, just looking at headline quotes of Wall Street Journal, the Omicron 
is going to be the dominant strain in most of Europe in a week or so. How is that possibly not great news if it is as every indication so far is that it's less severe? If it surplants the Delta, that's automatically a win for humanity, right? Absolutely. It's the leap that we've been looking for toward endemic, or it's just kind of a minor disease that's around. And, you know, a few unfortunate people with specific conditions might be vulnerable to it. But for the rest of us, it's just a cold. Again, no serious illnesses because of Omicron in the United States. Not a single death on the planet, according to the WHO, from Omicron. Including South Africa, where it's been ooching about now for several weeks. Why am I saying Omicron? Because this is on the list of the most mispronounced words of 2021 that I have in front of me. Oh, my God. And it says here that Omicron is pronounced. Well, it's got two pronunciations, so I guess that means you can do it either way. Omicron or Omicron. So you can do either one. Okay. Oh, my God. Well, I'm going to go back to Omicron then. Go ahead. (laughs) Not a hill you're going to die on fighting this one? Certainly not, no. Uh, other mis- most mispronounced words of 2021, Chipotle, the fast food <laughs> chain. Uh, challenging to baby, baby boomers to pronounce it, I guess. So it's Chipotle. That's the emphasis is on, the emphasis is on pot. Chipotle. Uh, Chipotle. So I say Chipotle. It took me a while not to say Chipotle. Yeah. But, you know, it happens to all of us. Yeah, and, and, and who cares? Uh, and yes, we know a former employee used to pronounce it in a funny fashion, but he victimized children, so we're not going to refer to that. Dogecoin is Dogecoin. Okay, thank you for that. Not doggy coin? Um, Billy Eilish, for anybody who doesn't know. Here's one. A trendy term popularized, popularized by Generation Z and is used to mock an outdated and unfashionable aesthetic type associated with millennials. You pronounce it chuggy. Chuggy. Yes. Chuggy? Chuggy. Chuggy. A soft G? Uh, I can't tell. It just has G E E, so would that be a hard or a soft? Mm, hard to say. If I mean, if you're going to say G, that's generally spelled G-E-E. They would have spelled it with a J, though, right? If it was, I would, if you're doing pronunciations, you need to make it clear how to pronounce something. So it's chuggy. But how do you use chuggy in a sentence? Because I definitely want to be hip with Generation Z. Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. My boss is dressing like Billie Eilish. It's so chuggy. Well, do you, you got people this age chuggy. in your orbit. Do they say chuggy or chuggy? I don't listen to him. It's Chuggy. It's Chuggy. Thank you, it's Alex. Chuggy. Thank, Thank you, you for weighing Alex. in as a young person. It's Chuggy. Use yeah. it in Again, a sentence. They talk, and I hear they're using words, but I don't actually <laughs> listen to them. Use Chuggy in a sentence for me so I can be more hip. No, right. he's wearing his new balances, and his T-shirt is tucked in. He's so Chuggy. Okay. But again, does it mean does it mean you're trying to seem young and hip and failing at it, or is it different than that? Uh, it's different. It's think like your how your dad would dress when he mowed the lawn. That's right. chuggy attire. See, uh, that's interesting because I'd I'd read something about it and it specifically referred to people trying to act okay. young and hip and and not pulling. I think off, I'm back whatever. to not caring uh, again. I regret having even engaged on the topic. Ano- My pleasure. Another cryptocurrency on the list. Ethereum is the way you pronounce that one, as opposed to Dogecoin. Um. That one, that story's kind of over. It was about the ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal. It was pronounced the 
ever given. Okay. Who cares? Remember when we all came together when the ship was stuck? That was a good time. Good times. I liked so the day when the country they, came together. And I liked it when it finally got loose and there was such a movement to put it back because we'd all come together and we're enjoying it so much. Put it back. Put it back. You ruined everything. So now here's with a, the supply chain things, though, as bad as they are, nobody's saying that. So here's a popular trend in which multiple beauty filters are applied to pictures or portraits for comedy effect. <laughs> you did that once, right? Yeah, I've done that. Yacy Faye. Yassify. Yassify? It's Yassify. Yassify. Okay, yeah. Jump in, Alex. Maybe we got to have Alex run this Maybe we should. If you're you're a boomer, and I'm not a boomer, but... (laughs) Yassify. How's it spelled? Say it it again, Alex, and then use it in a sentence again. Yassify. Yassify. Use it in a sentence? Um, I photoshopped my... Uh, selfie to make me look better. I yassified myself. Okay, so you yassified it? All right. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Past tense. Cool. I'll start using that. What's Please the don't. etymology there? The root appears to be yas. What is, what's yas? It's a very affluent way of saying yes, but like uh, in a celebratory tone. Yes. My daughter has used that. Yes. Oh, okay. I'll send a picture of Baxi. She loves our dog. So I'll send a picture of Baxi like lying in the grass in the backyard, and she'll say yes. Do you yassify the pictures of Baxter, like make him look younger, <laughs> browner, or something? The grass more green. Mm-hmm. Well, he's black. Why would I make him look brown? He's a proud black Labrador. Who doesn't yassify every picture at this point in life? It's just so easy to do. Why wouldn't I'm... you make it a little brighter or change the contrast at the very least? Uh, I feel bad now. I you never do. You don't yassify anything? No. Really? No. Take a selfie, send it. <laughs> Old Simple Joe. Maybe it's time for me to adapt the uh, nickname. I don't know. Huh. I like the, I did this, did I put this, I don't know if I posted this or not. Uh, my son showed me there one of the options on taking a picture is to make it look like it's an oil painting. Really cool. Oh, neat. So that's my, uh, the, the picture of me, like if I'm on Zoom now, it looks like an oil painting of me. And like, that would be an example of Chugi. That's oh, Chugi. Oh, boy. Oh, no. There you were trying is. to yassify, so, and you ended up Chugi. <laughs> so I yassified my picture to the point of being Chugi. It's Chugi because it's so lame? You see, you're making perfect sense now. You're understanding us young people. It, it, it's because it's been around forever, and everybody knew how to do it, and that's why it's lame? I was doing that in 2012 in high school. Oh, okay. I didn't know you could do that. So, well, Better wow. late than never. Yeah. So I'm Youngster should be chuggy. seen and not heard. My yassifying Please. is so Chugi. Where do I find this crap? Let's see. I'm looking at my phone. I'll send you a picture of my oil painting of me. It looks like I hired some rich guy to paint my portrait, like the Kramer hanging in the hallway. You know, that sort of thing. It's awesome. Uh, Anyway. Wait a minute. You can change brilliance in the picture? That's what I need. I need more brilliance. (laughs) In every way. And Alex jumps in, and that's an example of Chugi. (laughs) You took the words right out of my mouth. Wow. Hurtful. That is hurtful. Oh, my God. Hilarious. Look what I can do, and everybody's been able to do for a decade now. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Can't keep up with everything. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. I've got the perfect thing to end the show with. We have to do it today because today is December 7th, the 80th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. And uh, I'm also really into the whole geopolitics World War III thing, as listeners know. Um, uh, Opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal today by a guy who writes books and uh, is part of think tanks around defense. The U.S. needs a hypersonic capability now. Eighty years ago today, Imperial Japan used a technology first developed by the U.S. and the U.K., carrier-based bombing and torpedo attacks, to cripple the American Navy at Pearl Harbor. Americans must now wonder whether China is setting the stage for another devastating attack on American forces using another U.S. pioneered technology, hypersonic missiles. China's July 2021 test of a hypersonic missile was not literally, was literally, boy, I don't want to screw up this really good sentence, China's test of a hypersonic missile back in July was literally a shot around the world, according to General John Hyten, the departing vice chairman of the Joint Chiefs. It went around the world, dropped off a hypersonic glide vehicle that glided all the way back to China that impacted a target in China, he told CBS News. When asked why China was developing this advanced technology, he said they look like a first-use weapon. That's what those weapons look like to me. Hypersonic weapons don't follow a single trajectory like ballistic missiles. They can twist and turn on their way to a target while they're incredibly high speeds above Mach 5 or a mile a second is how fast they're traveling. Wow. That's hard to picture, isn't it? Yeah. Make it impossible for existing land and space-based systems to detect a hypersonic attack until very late in the missile's flight path. It also isn't clear whether current U.S. command and control systems can process data fast enough to respond to a head-on hypersonic threat. I'm guessing no. I mean, moving something moving that swiftly with unpredictable, you know, patterns. Right. No, how do you intercept that? China tested a second nuclear-capable missile carrying a hypersonic glide vehicle on August 13th. This means that Beijing is surging ahead with a technology against which the U.S. has very limited capacity for defense or a detection. The shame is that the U.S. has been the primary developer of hypersonic vehicles going back to the 1960s. But we have been passed up by China. Yeah. Um, the, I, I, we, we, the world, the world is just um, unwilling to believe that something like December 7th, 80 years ago today could happen again. We've just decided that, like, culturally, mentally, human beings have changed or the culture's changed or something like that. No major country is going to surprise attack another major country. It's just not going to happen. Boy, that is straight out of the war to end all wars. And, you know, that pronouncement's been made over and over in human history. Peace is upon us. China <laughs> <Till it ain't. laughs> may right now have the capability to drop a nuke or nukes anywhere in the United States with us being able to stop it at all. And they could easily make the calculation that we'll hit them three, four places with nukes. They're not going to fire back. What's the point? Or or 25 different places with yeah. nukes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a chilling thought. Yeah, well, that's the point of that guy putting it in the, in the Wall Street Journal today. to himself. He's freaking me out. I, it, it troubles me that we've decided... Well, there's another article in the Wall Street Journal today, today about how... Um, one of the greatest achievements in the last half century in America was bringing the crime rate as down as low as we did. Mm-hmm. But then a bunch of mutton heads who decided human nature had changed 
have enacted policies that are making all the crimes go back up again. Right. Um, A belief unprecedented in the history of mankind that the only reason there's crime is because of capitalism or white supremacy or something. Well, and then some sort of denial that all through human history, one power that wants your stuff is going to attack you out of nowhere. The history of the world is that. Whether it's two Native American tribes in the United States or Neanderthals in Africa, or you know, it's been going on forever. But yeah. somehow we've decided that now nah, China wouldn't do that. It just that thing can't happen. You know, um, I find myself wondering. We've we've said that the fact that Xi Jinping actually seems to be a communist could well doom their long term prospects because he, like every other communist in history, thinks he can make it work, but he won't. Um, although they're better at it than anybody has been. On the other hand, that also suggests that he might have that grandiose great man of history view that, look, if I have to kill a billion people to usher in the great new future, the billions will live under the benevolent rule of communism. I've done humanity a favor. I certainly hope he isn't that uh, unhinged. He certainly could be. He certainly could be. Man, will he get enough people to go along, though, in the regime? I understand he's uh, got a great deal of power, the most since Mao, they say. How many people would he need to get to go along with a strike on the United States? Half a dozen? I don't know. I don't know what their systems are. I don't either, but I'll bet it ain't a lot of people. I don't know. Yeah, wow, wow. Great, thanks. I was going to go enjoy a nice uh, post-show meal, and now I'm sick to my stomach. You've worried me. Well, you know, a person doesn't have to dwell on these things, obviously, because there's so little an individual can do about it. But I think uh, the 80th anniversary of a surprise attack on the United States is a pretty good day to at least take a look at the fact that there's a country out there right now that claims, I mean, they say it out loud all the time. You can read their white papers on this. They they plan on being the sole power in the world. Hmm. And they've got the capability to take us down militarily. But your whole, you don't worry about it because there's nothing an individual can do. Reminds me of, I was mountain biking with Craig, the healthcare guru, a few years ago. And it was right at dusk. And we're in the woods. We're in the mountains of California, uh, mountain biking. And that's when you don't want to be out there because mountain lions, you know, prey at that time. And I'm looking around. I'm nervous about it. And Craig says, don't worry about it. They'll be on top of you, choking the life out of you before you ever see them. I'm like, okay, thanks. Great. (laughs) Thank you. Now I can enjoy my ride. And now, to continue on with the pitter-patter of petering out, it's Final Thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. Is that the guy fighting a skunk under his house? Or Senator Kennedy from Louisiana? (laughs) Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. He's our technical director, pressing buttons in the control room, Michelangelo. Michael! I'm feeling depressed. I couldn't understand. I didn't know any of those words when we were talking about Chugi, and I can't keep up anymore. No, don't try. I, I always said I'd be somebody that would keep up yep. with pop culture. We and all it, did. It, yeah, it didn't happen. Yeah, don't bother. Young Alex is our uh, producer behind the scenes. Uh, he's not Chugi. Alex, a final thought for no, us? No, I'm definitely Chugi. While you all worry about staying younger, I'm worried about getting older. I have said many times I'm turning into my father. I have an affliction for jazz now. I like new balances. <laughs> I changed the oil in my own car this weekend. Good deal. I like it. 
Good man. Wow, good man. Yeah, that's great. Jack, do you have a final thought for us? Yeah, so uh, Tesla's, the Tesla I drive, has got video games on it, like the old style, like you can play uh, Galaga on there and Asteroids and stuff. <laughs> Fabulous. On the screen. And now you can do it with the car moving. Before, you couldn't do it with the car moving, but now with the self-driving. So I'm going to try that today. I'm going to try the self-driving while I'm playing Galaga on the screen on my TV, just to see if it can be done. So uh, my final thought, Judy and I were out to uh, lunch over the weekend. They had live music at this place, a couple guys playing acoustic guitars and singing songs. And at one point, the guy said, uh, he was talking to the crowd. Then he looks to his partner. He says, all right, let's go, Brandon. And the whole crowd cracks up. <laughs> so don't forget, get your Let's Go Brandon gear at armstrongandgetty.com. Also, I've, I've formed a motivational poster out of my new Don't Be So Obsessed With Dying That You Forget To Live with a big elk next to it for some reason next to it. <laughs> I've got it here in the studio. I look at it all the time. We need our first ever A&G motivational poster. Oh, I love that. Come That's on. That's a great idea. We'll sign them for you. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people. Thanks a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com to get that swag in time for Christmas time. I would order as quickly as possible. You can email us. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If there's something we ought to be talking about, send it along. At the Christmas tree farm the other day with the kids, there was a guy in an FJB hat. (laughs) Oh, boy. See you tomorrow. God bless America. It's over! Let me say say one thing. LGB! Point of personal privilege. Because I represent science. Um, the, um, uh, Mr. No. He's speaking a word from his teeth hole like it is splat. Absolutely. So let's go out with a bang. Can you do, you don't have to sing it, but the 12 days of Christmas. Drummers. 11 jackasses jacking. I knew. Oh, (laughs) wow. That's the version I learned. Okay. Thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.